Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, and joining me via phone is Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing well. Scott Patsko is not with us this week. He is uh, on vacation as we're all working to kind of get some time off in here before training camp starts. And uh, Mary Kay, the training camp schedule was released today. We're not going to sit here and, and break down the training camp schedule, but we are going to look a little bit uh, ahead to training camp and, and what we're expecting and things like that. But but let's start with some, some recent topics here uh, just to get them out of the way. And, and first of all, Odell Beckham went on social media yesterday to announce that he's getting off social media for a little while to, to focus on training uh, and, and getting ready for the season. Um, you know, this, this is sort of Odell. He lives his life in the spotlight, lives his life on, on social media. And those who follow him in, on Instagram know that. Um, but, but it seems like he's ready to lock in Mary Kay for, uh, for the 2019 season. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's see if he really can stay off social media until <laughs> July 1st. I mean, he basically said, you know, don't hit me up unless it's really urgent between now and then. Uh, but he loves his social media. So let's see if he, you know, if he can really do that, because I think, you know, if there's something to respond to or something that happens between now and July 1st, I can see him jumping back on there. So I don't know, you know, how this will actually go, but I do think it's good that he is basically announcing to the world that he's getting really, really serious about this, that he's locking in and that he's uh, getting ready to uh, prepare for this much hyped 2019 season. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure at some point we're going to see some videos somewhere of, of him working out in LA with, uh, with Baker and uh, whoever else goes down there. I think David Njoku will probably be down there among other, you know, some other people. Uh, I would assume that would probably come after uh, the July 4th holiday. We'll, we'll maybe start to see some of that sneak out. I know the Browns will, the Browns will probably have a, a videographer down there to, to shoot some video as well. So, so these guys are all going to get together and work out in LA here at some point. And, uh, so, so this is kind of just the start leading up to that. Well, also, um, Baker Mayfield is getting married. Yes. And uh, I think that's going to be somewhere around like July 6th or something. I don't know the exact date, but he's getting married. So, you know, if he, <coughs> excuse me, if he goes on a honeymoon right after the wedding, you know, that might delay this little uh, workout session that these guys are going to have. But I don't I don't know how that's all going to go yet. So I, I don't know exactly when these workouts are going to take place or how extensive they'll be, because there's the uh, wedding of the summer coming up. <laughs> yeah, this is sort of the the new Browns now. Um, this is this is sort of our new world uh, covering this team for Browns fans, too. This this is sort of a new world for them. We've you know, we, we've saw we've seen this, of course, with the likes of LeBron James in Cleveland. Um, you know, these guys are, are bona fide superstars. So things like going off social media and, and weddings and things like that are uh, they're big deals. And, and they're things that I know fans invest a lot in keeping track of. And, you know, we keep tabs on this stuff, too. This this is sort of the new Browns right now. Yeah. Not only is it the uh, the new wave of the Cleveland Browns, it's really uh, the new way that sports has to be covered now universally. I mean, these guys are putting their lives out there for all to see on social media. They're wearing, in some cases, their emotions out on their sleeves. They're responding to things. And every single little thing that they say gets blown up. So we have to cover social media and their social media as much as we have to do practices, games, and everything football related. 
Yeah, it's all, it's all very, you know, you know, the NBA has sort of mastered this. Um, you know, we've already seen it. Uh, we, we've seen free agency and, and the draft and potential trades really overshadow even the NBA finals as, as those were going on. And, and this is something that's been going on in the NBA forever where, uh, you know, guys have used their social media um, and, and their presence on social media to kind of drive narratives and, and create stories and, you know, and NBA reporters everywhere are probably looking at us like, well, welcome to 2019. Um, it, it's it's something to keep an eye on because, you know, I think these NFL players are looking at their NBA counterparts and, and seeing the empowerment they have and thinking, you know, hey, how, how do we get a piece of that? And this is kind of just the start. And not only that, what makes it larger than life for the Browns right now uh, is the popularity of a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., one of the most popular athletes in all of sports worldwide, 13.3 million Instagram followers. Uh, and then also, you know, right behind him is Baker Mayfield in terms of popularity. And uh, so therefore, uh, there are a lot of eyes on these guys. Everybody wants to know what they think, what they're saying. I mean, even just today, I had to do a post on <laughs> Baker Mayfield at a camp yesterday, right? You know, he's at mm-hmm. his uh, youth, probably his youth football camp in Norman, Oklahoma, and he decides to trash talk the uh, Texas quarterback. And uh, so I had to post that because it's, you know, it's all over the place. Now, five years ago, that probably wouldn't have been a post. And Dan, it's funny because you and I pretty much every day, ask each other about five times a day. <laughs> hey, do you think this is a post? Do you think that's a yep. post? And half the time, maybe most of the time anymore, the answer is yes. Because if everybody's seeing it, if everybody's talking about it, you know, we kind of have to jump in there and be a part of that. So it is different. It's a, you know, it's a learning process for us as we go along. Uh, but, you know, it's just part of what we all have to deal with now. Well, and, and the other part of it, too, is um, with a guy like Baker Mayfield, he's, you know, he said it himself. He said it last year. He's, he's not a cookie cutter quarterback. He's not a guy that plays it safe when he, when he talks to the media or does interviews. And, you know, this uh, this story today about what he said about the Texas quarterback, he, you know, he doesn't it doesn't phase him. He, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind, even if and he knows he knows things are going to make headlines and, and get around. Um, and, and Odell Beckham is kind of the same way in a lot of ways. He's not really a, a cookie cutter guy either. These guys kind of kind of embrace that. And that's what makes it unique, sometimes a little challenging. But I also think I, I know for Browns fans, it's, it's been fun so far. Well, I will say that Baker has basically established himself as as someone who likes to mix it up, stir it up on social media to put himself out there to get himself into uh, little Twitter wars and things like that. And I think it's his way of kind of firing himself up for things, keeping his edge a little bit, per- maybe, you know? I mean, there's there's some payoff for him uh, where he likes to get into it with people on social media, whether it be Colin Coward, whether it be in real life with Hugh Jackson, whether it being kind of calling out Duke Johnson a little bit at a, you know, at a press conference in Berea, you know, he is an outspoken guy. I mean, really, that should have been, uh, instead of saying I'm not a cookie-cutter quarterback, you know, he may have said, you know, I'm a very outspoken guy, and that is not changing anytime soon. And some people like that. A lot of people like it. People love it. There are other people who don't like it so much. So it's, you know, it, it's kind of polarizing in some ways. I mean, I've lately I've been seeing 
you know, some veterans such as like a Willie McGinnis uh, on NFL Network. I think it was yesterday you know, saying that he, you know, he thought that maybe some of the things that Baker Mayfield said about Duke Johnson are things that players should keep in house. They shouldn't, uh, you know, talk about each other's NFL business and things like that. Uh, but that's Baker and he, he's not going to be changing that anytime soon. He has told us that he's going to be who he is and he's comfortable in his own skin and all these sorts of things that, that he says are just going to be uh, part of, of the Baker Mayfield experience. And, uh, you know, look in sports, if you go out and win, it doesn't matter. And then if you don't go out and win, then then the spotlight kind, kind of gets shined on those things. And I think the other part of it too, is we're getting into that generation of athletes now who have been raised a lot on social media. Like, like this stuff isn't new to them. They, they've known it since they were young. I mean, we're not that far off. Uh, maybe, maybe there's somebody already in the NFL. I don't think, well, no, there wouldn't be yet, but we're not that far off from someone in the NFL who was born in the year 2000. So you, you think about the social media revolution and what, what these guys have grown up with. Um, this is normal for them. This is nothing, you know, this is a different generation of athletes. And, and I think we're starting to see that more and more, especially on a Browns team that's really young. Right. And some of the uh, sort of like tough talk and the abrasive stuff is very much a part of the stuff that you see on social media. And so I think the, like you said, I think this, um, you know, this generation of athletes, they may be in some ways a little desensitized to some of the, some of the brash uh, that goes on out there. I think it's just kind of how they roll a little bit. You know? It's it's just part of the fact of lives. All right. Well, that that was our that was our social media discussion here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those things we didn't necessarily expect to get into, but uh, there there you go. It is what it is. Um, but let's the training camp schedule. Like I said, came out. Training camp's going to open July twenty fifth, um, and I want to do just a quick kind of look ahead to training camp because in part because of Baker Mayfield, no doubt Beckham and, and some other personalities on this roster. Uh, there's, there's going to be 15 open practices. There's the orange and Brown scrimmage at first energy stadium as well on August 3rd. This is going to be, if you're a Browns fan, these are going to be must watch practices. They're, they're in the mornings. Uh, most of them are 10 to noon. So it might, might be a little tough for some fans to get out there on a weekday, but um you know, I've, I've been saying it in this space and, and some other places, too. If, if you have a chance to get out to training camp, there are a lot of big personalities. It really feels like Freddie Kitchens wants, wants this camp to be very competitive. I, I thought minicamp and OTAs were, were actually pretty competitive uh, based on what we saw and considering there were no pads. Um, I think this is going to be a really entertaining camp for fans who want to get up close, kind of hear guys chatter a little bit. Um, it, it's going to be kind of must watch. Yeah, it really is. And there's so much talent on the team this year that the the practices are going to be really good, high quality practices. I mean, you're going to see guys like like we watched at minicamp, guys like Greedy Williams getting in there, picking off, off Baker Mayfield at times, breaking up passes, getting beat by Odell Beckham occasionally. Same thing with Denzel, uh, you know, Miles Garrett. I mean, th- there's so much talent and so many big names on this football team that. Uh, I think it's going to be so much fun for the fans to to come out and to see these guys and not only have an opportunity to watch them practice, but in some cases, maybe get some autographs and things. I think there's just going to be so much energy 
in Berea this summer, and not to mention all the national media that's going to be coming through. There's so much focus on the Cleveland Browns this year. Yeah, there's going to be a lot going on, especially on that, you know, those first two days, that Thursday and Friday, there's going to be a ton of just, uh, you know, NFL Network, ESPN, and, and then you get into the national publications. There's going to be a lot of attention on the Browns. And, you know, I'm just saying we saw it a little bit, a guy like Demarius Randall. I mean, he's a guy that just loves, he embraces that competition. He, he loves to get up and, and talk to guys. Terrence Mitchell is a little bit like that, loves to get up and just, and just talk to guys and get after guys. And, you know, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are going to feed off of stuff like that. Yes, definitely. Now, one of the things, though, that we have already discovered that Freddie will not tolerate, and even though tempers will flare, and those guys are so intense. I mean, when you get Jarvis Landry and Demarius Randall jawing with each other in training camp, uh, you know, things can get heated at times, and we saw that last year. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Freddie Kitchens is not going to tolerate fighting and he's not he's not going to allow uh brown on orange crime it's not happening so um i you know at at mini camp there was one time when that happened some guys got into it and he you know he got up in their faces brought them in and basically said to them and to us you'll you'll see what happens next time that occurs and I don't know if he just means that he's going to throw them out of practice or in some cases, maybe if the player is a bubble guy, you know, who knows? Maybe he'd even go farther than that. We've seen uh, his mentor, Bill Parcells, you know, cut guys over the years for for things that you know would surprise a lot of other people. So I, I don't know. I mean, Freddie is, is not going to put up with that. So that's going to be interesting to see when the first big old fight happens. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to watch Freddie too. You know, this is this is his first training camp as a head coach. You know, we've gotten to look at him a little bit in in the spring. Um, you know, I thought for the most part, based on what we saw, he kind of you know he certainly wasn't the center of attention. He he kind of let his his coaches run things. Um, you know, we'd hear from him a little bit if he got into somebody or something like that. But um, you know, I'm curious to see Freddie Kitchen's approach here as as he runs his first real training camp. Yeah, and and remember last year, of course, uh, as it was played out on Hard Knocks, yeah, there was the big flap, right, about uh, letting veterans rest, and um, and Freddie was one of the first people that brought that up and said, hey, you know, if if we're going to do this, at the very least, we should have them, you know, kind of like out there in uniform. I can't remember exactly how he put it, but you know, that was the the first sign that that things were, you know, that there was some trouble in paradise. And um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that goes, because sometimes you find things out when you're the head coach the hard way. And hopefully, hopefully he won't find out the hard way uh, that occasionally, you know, maybe you do need uh, to provide those veterans days of rest so that you get everybody to the season healthy. I actually thought during minicamp that that they were pretty conservative with, um, you know, guys not practicing and stuff like that. So I'm going to be interested to see how he handles that whole situation. Yeah, this is a little different, too. I want to see. I I mean, he answered a question about this during the spring, about how he would play guys during the preseason. But um, that'll be interesting to watch, too, if, you know, I'm curious how much Baker Mayfield is actually going to play in in the preseason. We've I mean, we've seen teams that don't even play their starting quarterback. Now, those guys are a little more established, but, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he approaches things like that for sure. Uh, especially based on what we saw on, on our knocks last year when it was right out there for everybody. Um, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say that uh, when you look at the first um, at the training camp schedule, he's got a practice scheduled for the day after the first preseason game. And some people keep looking at that saying, really, you're going to have a practice the, the, the day right after a preseason game. And so that that basically kind of says to me that, you know, he probably isn't going to play the starters a whole ton in the game. They never really do. I mean, it's usually yeah. a series or two. But whatever the case, and maybe it'll change between now and then, but he's got a practice schedule right in. Yeah, that, that that stood out. I know it certainly stood out to me. I know it stood out to some other people as well. Um, and, of course, there's the battles to watch. Um, you know, we had a chance to, to talk to Drew Forbes yesterday at a, at a Browns youth camp. Uh, it was interesting. He, he pretty much said he considers himself an interior lineman now. There was some question as to whether he could be uh, a tackle um, as of right now, and this could always change. It seems like he's slated for the interior of the line and kind of start to wonder if maybe he's going to be a part of that competition along with Austin Corbett, Kyle Kalis, Eric Cush, uh, maybe maybe get mixed into that right guard competition. Yeah, and you know what? I will tell you that that has surprised me a little bit because I really believe, now he was a left tackle in college. When they released Desmond Harrison, I really believed that they were looking at Drew Forbes as a developmental left tackle. That's where I thought they were going with this. And I was somewhat surprised to hear him say yesterday that he's kind of penciled in at guard right now. And maybe that's because they feel like that will give him the best opportunity to play, or maybe that's where they need the most competition right now. But, you know, aside from like Kendall Lamb, you know, really who is the backup tackle in the event that Greg Robinson or Chris Hubbard goes down? Yeah, and, and you know, there's still a chance, and, and he did kind of, he said this yesterday, there's a chance maybe when the pads go on that that changes a little, but it, it's, he sounded very much like a guy, and, and he basically said it, um, that, that he feels comfortable on the interior of the line now, So, um, which is sort of where he was projected coming out of college. Um, John Dorsey's sort of shown that he wants to always start a guy at tackle and then move him inside, um, and it looks like they made that decision pretty quickly on in this case. Yeah, we'll, we'll again, we'll have to see how it plays out. There are some things as, you know, as we head into camp about the offensive line that are just, you know, not set in stone yet, including who the star right guard is going to be. So, um, you know, it was it was it's been interesting to watch OTAs and minicamp and to see all the uh, rotation going on there at right guard uh, when we all just assumed that Austin Corbett was going to take over that role, not uncontested, but kind of plug him in there and, and see what he can do. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there because they, they are stating publicly that it is truly a wide open competition. Um, and, and then of course, linebacker, we, we talked to the rookie linebackers yesterday, Mac Wilson and, and Sione Takitaki. We talked a little bit about this last week on the podcast, but um, that, that's going to be an interesting position to watch develop. Uh, as, as camp goes along, you know, that first day we're going to walk out there and see Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey starting most likely. But, you know, may, maybe see if they start to mix those guys in with the first team a little bit. See what see what happens when they get to the preseason games, how they mix those guys up, because those are a couple of guys that yesterday definitely sounded like they were excited to show what they can do with pads on. Yeah, and I think that's the whole key here. I think the Browns want to get the pads on these linebackers and see who can, you know, do all the things that they need to do. Wrap up, cover, 
Uh, don't don't get run over. Don't let guys run through them. They really want to improve tackling and run defense this year. And I think they want these guys to step up. I know they want the young guys to really push and press the veterans. And if they do the job the way I think the Browns are expecting them to, uh, then those guys are going to crack that lineup pretty quickly, whether it be a rotation or whatever the yeah, Mac Mac Wilson basically said yesterday they didn't draft two linebackers for no reason. <laughs> so he knows that right. there's a chance. Yep. He knows there's a chance uh, that that if he does what he's supposed to do, um, he's he's going to get his chance to have some playing time. And I'm sure Sione Takitaki, who was picked two rounds before Mac Wilson, uh, probably feels the same way. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I think that uh, they've been thrilled with what they've seen of those guys in the offseason workouts or off-season practices and in minicamp, and that that's just going to be one of those crackling positions. When you look out there, uh, it's going to be very heated, and uh, as, as you go through training camp, you know, you might start to see those guys mix into the rotation with the ones, and, you know, it's not going to start out that way, but it's something to keep an eye on early in camp. And then just just one other spot that that I kind of have circled, and again, as as we kind of get to training camp, we'll we'll really dig into some of these competitions and, and get you know put some more names to it. But uh, we we mentioned Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, but after that, um, there's there's going to be some opportunities for guys. Um, some names came out of spring. Uh, Ishmael Hyman was one of them. Um, there, there's some other guys. Dorian Baker is on the roster as well. Some other guys that could maybe fight for some playing time um, as, as one of those, you know, however many receivers they carry, five or six, you know, those last two receiver spots are going to be sort of a battle to watch as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you've got guys, you know, from last year, some guys that even were injured. You've got Damian Ratley, Derek Willies, who we've kind of forgotten about him a little bit. Uh, so these are these are some guys that are going to be battling hard uh, for those final spots. And uh, I think the competition there will be very good. And, you know, they don't have the big names right now. Uh, but I, I think you're going to see some good football from the, the Ratleys and the Willies of, of this team. And something to watch for. We saw it with Rashard Higgins last year, who, who I didn't mention in, in that top group of wide receivers, but probably should have. We saw it with Rashard Higgins last year. If these guys get some opportunities uh, to play with the ones and, and play with Baker Mayfield, he's the type of quarterback that can kind of put you on a roster if, if you do what you're supposed to do. Absolutely, 100%. And he got a lot of time with Damian Ratley and Derek Willis last year. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, when they are out there with him, they do look pretty good and they, they do stand out is because they have some experience and some timing with him. So, uh, and you're right. And with, with Baker's ball placement and his ability to throw the ball anywhere and to put it right exactly where you need it uh, and to keep it away from the defender, he does have a way of making these guys look really good. All right. So uh, that's our, I guess, pseudo training camp preview <laughs> the day the training camp schedule comes out. Um, I wanted to maybe take an opportunity too to let to let people know like what training camp is like sort of for us. You know, this is sort of a different it's a different stretch of time when 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 we're covering this football team. You know, that always kind of goes in waves. There's the season, the off season, draft season, all of that. Um, training camp is always a little bit different though than every other part of the season because it gives us an opportunity um, to to grab some players and, and talk to them and, and do some longer stories on them or explore some topics with them. 
Um, this is the only time, aside from the offseason program, it's the only time we get to watch all of practice. Um, and, and we kind of get a level of access that, outside of not having open locker room, we, we kind of get a level of access that we don't normally have uh, when, when we're covering this team. So for us, too, this, this is kind of an opportunity to get to know this football team a little better. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I think it's great that the Browns open up 15 practices yeah. to their fans because a lot of teams, there's a trend now lately where there is so much social media now. Any any fan can sit there, obviously, in the stands and film anything they want from practice. And there is so, so much uh, social media now that a lot of teams have cut way, way back on how many practices they're opening to their fans. So Browns fans are lucky. They've got 15 opportunities to come out here. Uh, they also have opportunities to go visit um, and watch the Browns practice against the Colts. I think those are going to be some really uh, high intensity practices in Westfield, Indiana, leading up to that uh, second preseason game against the Colts. Uh, so that's another, another chance right there, but yeah, it's uh it's quite a time. Yeah. And it, you know, the, the 15 open practices and it's in Berea, which is great for Browns fans. Not every, not every fan base gets that luxury. You know, I think the Texans train in West Virginia and, and the Cowboys train in California. Um, you know, and, and other teams train, you know, there's, there previously had been talk of the Browns, maybe going to Columbus that that's never happened. So uh, it, it's certainly fortunate for fans that, like you said, there's so many open practices. And if you're in Northeast Ohio, I mean, it's right there. You, you can get there really easily. And, and I, this year, especially, I, I would recommend it. This is going to be a chance to get a look at this team up close and it should be fun. Yeah, and uh, between now and then, Dan, somehow, someway, we have to take a little time off, don't we? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. So we'll, uh, if, if you are a subscriber to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, and I hope you are on Apple uh, Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, um, you, you know, we're going to try and keep pushing these out. I know I have a couple interviews with players um, recorded that maybe once I write the stories off on, maybe I'll, I'll throw a podcast up with those. Um, we'll, we'll try and get these to you between now and training camp as often as we can. But like Mary Kay said, we've got to get a little bit of time off before we dig in for that. Uh, what, what is it? Five, six months, seven day a week uh, covering a football team and, yep. and a team that has a chance to go maybe deep into the playoffs this year. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll try and get some of our, our scheduled time off in but between now and then. So uh, I can't promise you a new one of these every week, but we're, but we're going to try. And so that, and, and hopefully we'll get Scott Patsco back next week too. So that will do it for this edition of the orange and Brown talk podcast for Mary Kay Cabot. I am Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening, everybody.